Greetings, Tarnished, and welcome to the first full episode of the Elden Archives. Today we will be talking about the Night of Black Knives, one of the most influential events in the story of the Lands Between. As always, I'm joined by Gatsu, my co-host. Gatsu, how are you doing today? And I'm excited to get this started here with you. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, Spartan. Um, I'm excited to get this show started and really start exploring the mysteries of the Land Between. I think we've chosen a pretty good jumping off point for the lore series. The Night of the Black Knives is the first major event specifically named and explained within the opening cinematic for the game. Uh, It is one of the first things the player becomes aware of and involves the major movers and shakers of the land between. I mean, I remember when, like... I saw the first trailer for the game that I had seen was the trailer showing the multitude of black knife assassins riding through the forest. You know, the iconic scene of one of them stabbing Godwin with the crazy looking black knife. And then his eyes roll back. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're talking about the uh, the story trailer from uh, I think that was a, yeah I think that was a couple months before the release. No, I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I between the story trailer and, and the references there, and uh, as you mentioned, the opening cinematic for the game. This was definitely. I mean, we've talked about this a few times already. This was where we always wanted to start this show, just especially with the importance it seems to have as as almost the the catalyst for most of what the player experiences in game i i mean uh, um the the night of the black knives by most accounts directly kicks off or directly led to the shattering which is what directly led to most of what the player encounters in the game but before we really really dive into it and start looking at the night of the black knives just with this being the first episode uh, of what we obviously plan to be many episodes I just thought, you know, we should each talk a little bit about why, why this show, why us, why Elden Ring, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that guys? I, because obviously I know, I mean, me and you planned this, we talked about this, you know, we, we, you know, we've, we've been working on this together, but, but for, for the listeners there, you know, you know, why us? I mean, I could tell you that for me, at least I like Elden Ring um, the most probably out of all of the FromSoft games that I've played. I've played a lot of them. I started with uh, Dark Souls 1. It wasn't called Dark Souls okay. 1 back then. It was called Dark Souls, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. I, I started with that. Um, one thing that I've always appreciated about the just from soft as a whole is that um i believe one of their main inspiration like art wise for a lot of their games is one of my favorite um mangas which is berserk yeah that's definitely there there's a lot of uh i always think of the uh the great sword yeah oh yeah the yeah. dragon slayer as it's called in the series right right but yeah so 
I kind of grew up with FromSoft as a studio. I, I believe they started in the early 2000s from not mistaken yeah they, i i uh i somewhere in the 90s and 2000s there i know i don't remember i don't know exactly when the first kingsfield games and such came out but i know uh, they've been steady through the the late 90s early 2000s really hit it off with demon souls so my my first dark souls game was dark souls 2 and so you and i both started you know we've been playing these games for a long time i i, I know i i i would also i would I would probably say that my favorite from software game was Bloodborne, but Elden Ring is up there. I, I, I have, I have over 600 hours on PC right now. I have every achievement, this, that, and the other. And, uh, I've been, I've been excited for the DLC. And I, I, I just think that, you know, when we, you and I were talking, you know, this is, this is a game that, there's there's a lot of lore to unpack, but it's also one of those where just that FromSoft formula can be a little daunting to people that aren't familiar with it. And I think two people that have a tremendous amount of experience with the series could really benefit from or help people, you know, get a grasp of, you know, the different lore and different stuff and, and bring those stories to a new audience. So with that being said, Let's get back to the Night of the Black Knives. I, I mean, the, this is a huge event. Let's start with the basics. I, I, I mean, you, we, we have it in the script here. What, what, is the, uh, what does the wiki say about the Night of the Black, the Night of Black Knives? The wiki entry is as follows. The Night of the Black Knives was an event that would serve as a catalyst of conflict known as the Shattering. It involves the assassination of Godwin the Golden, the son of Queen Merica, the Eternal. Although the conspirators behind it remain unknown to the wider world, it was in fact orchestrated by Lunar Princess Rani, as she was looking for a way to free herself from the control of the Two Fingers. And the wiki entry continues to say that Rani, who sought to change her fate, of being a pawn to the two fingers, stole a piece of the rune of death from Malika, who served as a guardian of the rune. With the stolen fragment, Ronnie proceeded to imbue the weapons of Newman assassins, all of them being women with close ties to Merica, with powers of destined death wishing to shed her Empyrean body but preserve her spirit, she knew that the spirit of someone else has to die as well. Whether or not Ronnie knew that Godwin the Golden would be the target is unclear. Okay, so just there. That's the end yeah, of the, uh, okay. the inscription. So just there, I mean, we have we have an assassination, at least... Uh, or if if we're counting the two fingers as a as a named character an entity to itself which i i don't quite know what the two fingers are but 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 they definitely seem to have their own motivations and and, and agency so you have you have godwin merica ronnie and the two fingers malketh is also mentioned there's a a group of assassins i mean there's there's a lot there just just in the basic 
this is what went down. Absolutely. I mean, uh, without going too much into it, my first question is, how did Ronnie steal the rune of death? Yeah, I I think. How did did she pull that off? I think that's that's an interesting question because, I mean, there's a lot there's a lot there just looking at. Because there's there's and we'll talk about it later on, but there's some questions on who if or who if conspired with Ronnie. Um, she obviously had the help of the Newman assassins. Um, but then along with that, the 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 deaths that occurred were not complete deaths because there was a ritual that took place here. And and the wiki quote that doesn't quite get into this specific part, but Ronnie died only in body and Godwin died only in soul. And we actually can find Ronnie's body in the game, pretty charred and burnt and, and destroyed. And we can find Godwin's body in the game. And I I just think about the first time I found Godwin's body underneath Landell Capital. For for those who have played Elden Ring, I'm assuming most people that would listen to an Elden Ring lore cast have at least played some of the game, but maybe not. And there's nothing wrong with that. I have no problem bringing, like we said, we're hoping to bring stories to a new audience. But for those who have played, going underneath Landell to the, the nameless Eternal City and encountering Godwin's corpse for the first time. And it's bloated. I mean, it's like something out of a uh, Lovecraftian horror story. I um, actually kind of a a weird. I don't know, like take. Yeah. No. Yeah. I I kind of I knew about where Godwin's body was in the okay. game. Rajier tells you about it. He's he's had this whole encounter with it. But I I didn't seek it out. I didn't go under the capital. You, you're saying to, sor- sorcerer Rajir, the NPC from uh from yeah yes. from Storm that meets mm-hmm. you at Round Table Hold, yeah. So you never went down there. But yeah, yeah, no, I didn't. I um, because I'll be honest. Out of the two of us, you're probably the the more in depth in depth diver when it comes to like finding out all the in game lore tidbits i mean it's very clear you just said a couple moments ago that you have 600 hours in this game you've 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 gotten every achievement whereas i i believe i've only done two endings like the default like just beat the game continue the cycle of the golden order and then i did the age of stars for ronnie that's it. I didn't anything else that wasn't really required. I I I didn't do it. But I'm aware I'm aware of it. Gotcha. Yeah, no, and that No, yeah, for sure. That and that's interesting. Everybody plays these games in different ways. Going based off of just from the 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 wiki description. I mean, we have an assassination we have multiple key players named America, Ronnie, Godwin. But before we really pick that apart, 
I think it's important to establish which creative mind we think is responsible for the story behind the Night of Black Knives. And I say that because... As many people probably know, George R. R. Martin, you know, most famous for the song of uh, a song of ice and fire, which you know, obviously the TV series Game of Thrones, which many people watched, did have a hand in the story development of Elden Ring. But not everybody knows exactly what he did or went. But you and I got to uh, through our research. We found a YouTube video from a, a, a Reddit Tosker who is a a different uh, Soulsborne and different types of uh, lore creator. And part of that video mentioned a direct quote from Miyazaki in which he describes, uh, and this is just the quote here, when Martin wrote these characters and when he provided that origin story, that mythos for the world of Elden Ring, these demigods were much closer to their original form may, and maybe closer to human form back then, before the shattering, before it all started. We find Ronnie's body. It looks pretty close to human. We see Godwin's body during the Night of the Black Knives in both the story trailer and the opening cinematic. Also looks pretty human. We know that the Night of the Black Knives precedes the Shattering because it triggers the Shattering. It's described as a catalyst for it. To me, a lot of this is pointing to the fact that George R. R. Martin, you know, had a pretty like I, I was. I guess what I'm saying is that to me, it seems like George R. R. Martin directly wrote the story of the night of the black knives. It doesn't happen in the game, which we know he didn't write anything that's in the game. Nothing that the player plays or does George R. R. Martin wrote. That is all from soft. The story of the game is all from soft, but this isn't the story of the game. This takes place a lot. This, this is what triggered the story of the game. Yeah, I agree with you. Like you had mentioned earlier, it has, a lot of the tropes that George R. R. Martin loves. If you've read any of the uh, books in the series of Game of Thrones slash watched the series on HBO, there's a scene that's very famous. It's known as the Red Wedding. And it, there's a lot of themes in that that match up with this scene or moment in time in Elden Ring. There's a plot. There's assassinations. There's which I don't really need to say spoiler alert at this point. The death of a uh, death of a firstborn son. Yeah, favored firstborn. So death of a favored firstborn son. So I mean, it's got George R. R. Martin written all over it. So 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 you so you think not not only. Because obviously we're in agreement here, but but not only do you think this feels like George R. R. Martin, this this reminds you of the Red Wedding, and I, I can see it. I, I mean, obviously there are some differences clearly in, in how the things played out and and the and the in the pageantry of some of some of the events, but but I I think the the main things like like the death of the favorite firstborn son, and the fact that. It tr- triggers an unraveling of factions and further conflict, which the Red Wedding also did. Um, definitely, I, I definitely feels like this particular thing was George R. R. Martin. And I feel like that's important to make as a distinction because 
when you're trying to piece together the lore of something, you, you know, diff, different creatives are going to use different, like you said, tropes and pro- approaches and, and, and story devices, different effect. And it helps to know, you know, who is giving you the story. I agree. Because then also afterwards, the Night of the Black Knives was the catalyst for the shattering. So then I feel like at that point, the the shattering is where FromSoft kind of says, hey, let us take it back from here. Give us the reins for the story. Yeah, definitely. And so having established that we feel that this is related to the George R. R. Martin section of this, let's just look at the Black Knife assassins themselves, because through the, the wiki entry that you had read earlier about the night, the night of Black Knives and then a couple other wiki entries here from the Black Knife assassin, the Black Knife set and then Queen America herself wiki entry. Um, we can see, so the first one from the Black Knife Assassin's Wiki, the assassins that carried out the deeds of the Night of Black Knives were all women and rumored to be Newman who had close ties with America herself. That's basically straight out of the other description. America's description also mentions that Queen Mary, and this is the quote, Queen America was originally of the same stock as the Newman people. That is a pretty clear just pretty clear line being drawn. America was a Newman at one point. The Black Knife's assassins, or Black Knife assassins, also Newman. The Black Knife set is also particularly interesting and makes a lot of sense for assassins because the Black Knife set, the chest piece, actually muffles the sound of the wearer's footsteps. This functions similarly to Crepus's vial and the assassin's approach incantation, which is one of the first incantations you get if you play as. The Confessor class, um, which is actually my favorite class to start with, but I've never really used Assassin's Approach much. And yet I love this armor because, like I said, it muffles your footsteps. This was actually one of my favorite armors to wear when I was helping a friend of mine get into the game and they were getting invaded a lot. And I was trying to let them summon me and help them kill the invaders. And I was able to use this set to disguise my presence from the invaders and sneak up on them and help my friend. And you, like I said, that's only from the chess piece. And I think that it's important to remember that, you know, From Software uses gameplay devices like armor with a specific ability, just like other, fran- you know, other franchises do to tell their stories. You know, these assassins have they become equipped with armor that makes them silent. I think it, that just to kind of lead off of what you were just saying that that's probably one of the coolest sets in the game, not only just for that default ability, but just for the aesthetic of the the armor itself. I remember when I, again, to mention the story trailer, when I saw that, how fluid those assassins were moving. And when you see, when you face them in the game too, you can see them just kind of, there's a lot of, there's a lot to tell about the characters when you meet them and see them by the way that they are portrayed to be like moving. And it's, I, I just personally think it's so cool just design wise to see how FromSoft brings these characters to life. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I want to I want to go back to the fact that Ronnie died only in body as part of this ritual and Godwin died only in soul. And I I just wanted to start with this question. I mean, because there's a lot of body horror and transform transformative horror and things like that occurring in the lands between. But does Godwin have one of the more awful fates that we see in game? Maybe I that that. There's a lot arguing for his case. That's for sure. Um, my main, the first question I have, I guess, um, is he still, cause he's not in there anymore, but he's still alive. That's a little, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around how that's working for him. Oh, Current signs are pointing to, yes, very possibly. I mean, the thought of just your quote-unquote spirit passing on, but then also your body is still living, which then his body is the catalyst for death root. I mean, that's gross. It's where did his soul go? Well, right, and... Yeah, well, and and I think you make a good point there because souls work clearly work differently in the lands between than than you know the belief of the soul in our own reality because I I mean in our in our reality those who you know believe in the soul and that type of thing uh, you know every person you know one person has their soul and it's their soul and it's one person one soul but in Elden Ring I mean there are other examples there are NPCs you can meet I can think of a, a pair of brothers specifically that are two bodies sharing one soul and so to me that would mean that it wouldn't be a stretch for a body to also be somewhat consciously existing without a soul. And that would mean that Godwin is is possibly maybe feeling what's happening or somehow alive in there. And, and for those so for those who might not have found Godwin in game, I suggest looking up a picture because you should really see what we're talking about here. I, I, I mean, he's, he's basically a giant insectoid, like fish corpse. It, it, the only thing that's like discernible on his quote unquote body is a face of some nature, which even in that it's grotesquely deformed and, you know, of mantra size. Yeah. I, I, and, and uh, so it also leads me to think too, because there are some theories. I mean, you and I both watched a lot of YouTube videos, read, read, Reddit articles, scoured the wikis. You, we, we, we've looked at this from a bunch of different angles. And one of the common schools of, you know, common beliefs is that Ronnie was actually assisted and motivated in part by Queen America. And, I, I would love your thoughts on that, but also I, I think that's part of why I wanted to look at the gravity of what is happening still to Godwin and how horrible it is. Because if America was involved in the plot, that's her first and favorite son. And so to me, it's just such a strong indication of if she was involved, 
how far she was willing to go to achieve her ends. No, yeah, I mean, you're definitely right in saying that not only was she clearly Godwin's favorite, but also, according to accounts of a lot of different NPCs that you meet in the game, he's practically everyone's favorite. So it just doubled, doubles down the question of why Godwin. The thing that kind of catches me up a little bit is the fact that Ronnie knew someone else was going to die, but it's not necessarily clear that she knew who was going to die. I, I think that's an interesting, I think that's an interesting distinction too. I, I mean, it's never confirmed that Ronnie was aware that Godwin specifically would be the victim here. And, and also uh, a lot of the, uh, speci- uh, things such as the story trailer or things like that mention other demigods dying. And and so this isn't even uh, uh, Ronnie might have been aware that demigods were going to die, but not aware that Godwin was going to be one of those demigods. And and, and I, I I do think that it makes sense to me that Queen Merica would want to trigger the event that triggered the shattering because Queen Merica clearly or, I mean, she performed the shattering herself. It, it almost seems to me like if Merica was involved here, she was setting up her own rebellion or, or rebellious act. She she was setting up the illusion that, you know, Godwin had died, the whole system was broken, and, and, and she was so upset, and, and the Elden Ring was shattered. I definitely see what you're saying and I agree with you on that which in hindsight makes what Godwin went slash is still going through that much more messed up in my opinion because also it is apparent at least to me that America's being punished currently with like within the events of the game until up until you find her yes that's definitely true yeah america but but is that more of a punishment for the shattering i'd say yeah yeah well that's and i agree with you no i which is kind of my 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 thinking is the way i see that whole thing shaking down is based on you know the 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 things that or i i it seems to me that america established the plot assisted Ronnie and brought this about. And then as a punishment for acting against the greater will and in that fashion or acting of her own volition in that fashion, because there, there's a chance here that the greater will was not against America acting against it, but was just against America acting for herself at all. I, I, I mean, everything we know about the greater will has it being a very controlling force and what got America punished could have just been free thinking. I definitely, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I'm definitely one of the f- school of thought that, um, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but hear me out. I think that Miyazaki, being a huge uh, Kentaro Moira, the author of Berserk fan. There, the, he, there's a lot of elements of 
something kind of offering you power in exchange for like it taking over and being a vessel, you being a vessel for this thing. So when America, because America is clearly not from the land between, she's a Newman and the Newman aren't from this. I'm, I'm not sure if it's from this realm or from these lands, but it is stated within the game that they are from, they are warriors from a faraway land. So when she arrived, I'm led to believe that she was kind of offered to become the vessel for this greater will slash Elden Beast slash Elden Ring, not knowing the full extent of it. And as time progressed, things happened. She's no longer happy with her position in the world. So then she decides to shatter the ring or maybe not even come up with the idea to shatter it, but begins to think of ways to get rid of this to which I think I believe kind of the opposite of what you think happened. Ronnie comes to her and they both kind of form this plan together. I don't think either party really had the workings of a full plan interesting that that could make a sense too and, and i while, while while i was listening to you there i did look it up and so like you were saying the newmans are are from outside of the lands between but something else that i found was that the hammer that america eventually uh orchestrated the shattering with was from the lands of newman outside of the lands excuse me outside of the lands between so America is, in fact, not from the lands between and also brought uh, an artifact or weapon from outside the lands between with her um, to orchestrate uh, to help her rise to power and orchestrate all of this. Right. And so that kind of solidifies my point. I think America wasn't necessarily in control. And like you had said, the greater will was more more so punishing her not just for the shattering but for kind of for her defying it essentially in a how dare you not know your place type thing absolutely yeah I, as we're coming up on time here any other thoughts anything else that we haven't might have mentioned yet on the night of the black knives here as we wrap up the first this first full episode has been exciting no i agree with you man i've Honestly, this has been a blast, and I know that we have a lot. We have many more episodes to come, so it's just going to continue to be even more of a a good time. But um, I just kind of wanted to shed a little light on a couple of the other players and kind of get your thoughts on like how you feel about their role in the game or the, I don't want to call it a game, the, the Night of the Black Knives. And that's two of the named Black Asa- the Black Knife assassins that were present and did carry out the act of killing Godwin. Uh, that being the Black Knife Tish, which you can, you receive her spirit ashes f- from 
defeating her mother, Aletto, the ringleader, which, I mean, with that whole title, I think, kind of raises some questions. The ringleader of, of what? The plan to kill Godwin? Or just the ringleader of the new of the black knife assassins i would probably assume of the black knife assassins but i i, I think that is a good point that uh the, that's that's one of the only definitive leadership titles you see uh given to a member of the uh the plot against the uh the the demigods in the night of the black knives yeah and then just reading i have the description right in front of me for the Black Knight Tish, it says legendary ashen remains used to summon the spirit of Black Knight Tish. Tish was one of the assassins who, on the night of the plot, imbued her black knife with the rune of death and slew Godwin the Goldmead. She was the daughter of the Black Knight ringleader Electo and was killed protecting her mother during the flight from the royal capital. So, with that being said, I just think it's very interesting how. It seems like nobody got what they had planned from that night. I think that's an interesting way to look at the possible involvement of you know, maybe even something like the two fingers as we wrap this up. I know you and I don't necessarily agree with this theory, but there are a lot of theories out there that say that perhaps the two fingers put this idea in Ronnie's head to kind of stir the pot and, and and get back at America because the two fingers work for the greater or are, are under the influence of the greater will and under receiving signals and and such from the greater will and the cosmos and all that. I just want to take a second and thank everybody for listening to our first episode. I think I think we're. Pretty much tapped out without getting too much into other characters and whatnot. I think we're pretty much, uh, we've covered all of our bases, so to speak. But I just want to, again, just thank everybody for taking the time out of their day to listen to our first episode. And hopefully we've got you waiting for our future episodes to come. Yeah, I definitely agree. This has been a lot of fun. I know we each like doing the research and we each like having these conversations. Uh, So as we wrap this up, of course, anytime uh, with questions, comments, feedback, episode suggestions, thoughts on theories, anything of the sort. Uh, we have an email, theeldenarchives at gmail.com. We are also on, I'm, I still call it Twitter, but I guess X now uh, at I actually got to make sure I know what it is, but it should just be. Yeah. At Eldon archives on X. And then also uh, in the uh, show summary or show notes for this episode, uh, Gatsu and I will both include our YouTube playlists for some of the research we did for this show. So people who might be interested in lore videos or stuff like that can check those things out. And of course, this is part of the rockets club and uh, as part of the robots radio network. And so I encourage Anybody that's a fan of lore series and lore content to see if the network has a show for one of your favorite games, maybe something like Mass Effect or Elder Scrolls or something like that. But for us, this is going to be our time for this week. We're going to be back next week with an episode on The Shattering, which is going to go right coming off the tails of this one. And other than that, that is our time. We will see you all at the foot of the Earth Tree.
Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.